Welcome back, everybody. Uh, for tonight's episode, we have a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to be talking about the free folk. Uh, but before we get to all that, let's, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of give you the rundown as I normally do. This is the small council where we discuss anything and everything, A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game by Simon. Uh, a quick rundown of the show, as always. Uh, we do a live show to kind of give you guys the opportunity to call in if you uh, have, you know, if you have the opportunity to listen to us live. That way you can kind of get, you know, a more one-on-one feel with us and uh, some of the guests we have on and, you know, kind of be a part of the conversation. Or even if you just have genuine questions that, you know, you'd like to ask because, um, you know, it provides a little more, uh, you know, than just like a text or something, uh, you know, on Facebook. Um, so with that said, tonight, Free Folk, going to be talking about it. And with us, we have... As usual, Brett, Chris, Justin, and uh, Jose is going to join us in a second here. Um, And our special guest for tonight is Chase from On The Table Gaming. Thank you so much for coming on, Chase. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. When I heard we get to talk about Free Folk, I, I, of course, uh, jumped at the opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't think of anyone better to bring on, so uh, I think uh, tonight's going to be an awesome show. Uh, you know, you're the number one free folk player. You just haven't had a chance to, you know, show all those haters out there. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> all the free folk players out there learn everything they know from you. Oh, God. So. <laughs> I feel <laughs> We apologize ahead of time for the yeah. players. It would be a shame yeah. of me. <laughs> so, uh, first stuff. We're going to jump right into it so we can kind of get as much of the, you know, topics gone through and maybe even have some time. We're, we're definitely going to try to shoot for at least two guest uh, callers. So if you guys are listening in, uh, there should be a call-in uh, number. Um, you don't have to call in right now. It'll be towards the end of the show, and I'll probably n- make an announcement and give like a minute or two for someone to call in. And then, uh, you know, I'll bring you on. You can ask any of us a question, or you can kind of just add to you know, anything that we talked, you know, talked about throughout the show. Um, but first up on our list, uh, we're going to talk about the new releases or the, the new uh, changes that are unaf- like haven't been officially, uh, um, you know, dropped into, uh, you know, the war council, like the, uh, the followers of bone and whatnot. So the uh, with that, the I'm going to let yeah, the visions. I'm gonna let uh, Chase take us uh, into this one. What uh, What do you all think right. of all the new changes? I am super excited, and I think maybe something we can talk about at some point is uh, the sort of misconception that maybe free folk are not a good faction. Um, and uh, I think maybe some of that misconception comes around the idea that there's there's only a few ways that people are playing the faction right now. They've kind of started to fall into certain tracks. And I think the changes they're making to Rattleshirt, the Followers of Bone, the Bone Lord's Chosen, I think those really open up these units. Uh, and I know there's like kind of like a, a ride or die crowd that's like, you know, Followers of Bone are we're always bad, they're horrible. Um, I think they had a place, but now with the changes, um, they're going to be much more uh, useful. You still got to be careful with them, uh, but I think they're going in like the right direction, and I think there's some really smart changes. 
So, you know, want to just start with uh, Followers of Bone specifically? Uh, yeah, we could talk, uh, like, about the trio the, of the, that they included in that one vision of the flame. So, I mean, I think right off the bat, the, uh, the Followers of Bones, six-point unit, before I, they were kind of a, a hard-hitting unit for Free Folk, um, but, you know, they kind of died just like the rest of Free Folk. And so you got to think, you know, I can get two units of Raiders. I can take up more board real estate. I've got these Followers of Bone. Sure, they hit on a three plus with eight dice, but if they take really any damage, if they lose a rank, they're hitting at a weaker stat line than Raiders. So right off the bat, they bumped it up to eight, six, five. So now they lose a rank. Now they're hitting as hard as Raiders, but they get hit, they hit in a three plus natively. They don't need to have a gang up or anything. But I think the real selling point is that adding jagged weapons, having that vicious component, that's another way for them to do damage. And I think that's going to be uh, kind of one of the, the way, really cool ways to build this list out. It's going to be more fun fielding it into things like uh, Lannisters, uh, things that are going to try and kill you with, you know, Lannister supremacy. Well, we can, we can get a little more vicious into them, and that, that always helps. And then they still have that horrific visage where uh, each time an enemy targets this unit with a melee attack, that enemy suffers a panic test over resolving the attack. Um, it's great. You know, the problem is there is no modifier off of that, so it's, you know, they're straight native morale, and some units aren't going to care that much. But I think coupled with Vicious, it gives them a very cool thematic, you know, element. And I think you're actually able to pump out more damage with them. So I think they will find their way into more lists. Um, well, uh, what was it? Um, I mean, now they have a better attack profile than Mountainsmen. I mean, only at the last rank by one die, but it's still something. Uh, really, you're just trading that critical blow for uh, the heroic visage. Mm-hmm. And um, horrific. I feel like the changes are horrific visage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> heroic. Um, Look at me go. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> I think we invented a new ability for him. That'd be pretty cool. Someone uh, has got to make some alt sculpts of them, the heroic ones. They're just all standing there like (laughs) (laughs) T-posing. So I think uh, the change, man, I love it. Uh, The Followers of Bone were already my favorite uh, unit just by looks and the idea behind them. And now that they've made them, in my opinion, arguably one of the best six-point units, I'm not saying they are De- uh, definitely the best six point, but I think now with their boost, you know, someone could actually make the case that they're, you know, the, one of the, you know, the best, if not one of the best. So, um, yeah, and then we have the Bone Lords Chosen. Personally, I feel like any uh, out of any one single ability in this entire game, the most powerful is Cut Them Down. Oh, and yeah. I think that's also why you barely see it. Oh, this is huge, though, because now uh, I know it, it's an expensive unit. And, you know, it's cool that you can take it now with the Rattleshirt Commander or the, the two-point Rattleshirt Attachment, making it potentially like a 10-point unit with Cut Them Down. Uh, but it's a fun 10-point unit. So, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. So if you put Rattleshirt in there, it's a 10-point unit with now with Rattleshirt giving it Onslaught. So if this unit's targeted by the attack zone, it makes a free charge instead of an attack. It gets Prey on Fear. Uh, each time an enemy engages this unit fails a panic test, they restore two wounds. It gets Jagged Weapons. Defenders suffer negative to their, uh, you know, they have Vicious. Uh, it's got Horrific Visage, so if they try to hit you, they've got to take a panic test. 
and it's got cut them down. If they fail any of those panic tests, they take an additional two wounds. And, you know, realistically, probably in this meta, it probably also comes attached with a Walder Frey. So we'll see. But it, it looks amazing. Ten-point Death Star unit in Free Folk. Like, who would have thought? I think it's beautiful they have a ten-star death, ten-point Death Star unit, but I'm really upset that they're getting vicious. <laughs> Not because it's a bad thing, because I want vicious on my six-point unit. <laughs> uh, I think it's great. I love vicious. I play neutrals almost primarily, so I've been used to you know just viciousing everyone to death forever, and that's just how I roll. And like Dave said, cut them down is ridiculous, and queuing that up with vicious. Is just with the way the new panic is or panic tests are taken and how panic tokens work, it is an easy five to six wounds extra you're getting just because that ability's on them. That's that's crazy. You're one shotting a lot of units. Like anything with a worse than four or four or like worse armor save with a six or worse morale. Alright, these guys have been my favorite unit ever since they came out. And I use them Almost every time, especially for the one tournament where I took them, it was just them and giants. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, it actually did surprisingly well. But with these new changes, I really don't see myself using anything but these guys, especially these bone lord guys. This thing is going to be in almost every list, if not all of them, because then the rattle shirt was also my favorite commander to use. But I'm kind of liking this attachment a little bit better now with these guys. So I'm very much looking forward to throwing these guys out there once I get the official go-ahead with this update. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I never, again, you, you guys know I played Brathene and Starks, but um, I, never, I, never, I never used them or anything, but uh, they definitely were not hitting the table that often, I think, for sure, we'll see them more now, and um, I know we're gonna. One of our topics later is you know the new panic rule against giants and how they affect giants. But I think they could even be, you know, maybe like one of three folks' heavy hitters now um, with the with the changes they have. Uh, you know, I know giants kind of held that role for a long time for for free folks, but I think I think you can even build a list around them now and have them just be the the hammer to the, for the army. Which is kind of cool, kind of exciting, um, something different, something new. Um, every, you know, because everybody always had giants as that, that hammer, so it's kind of exciting to see um, hit the table more often. So, I can promise you, it will hit the table more often. <laughs> That's it. You're just gonna run it nonstop all the time. That's what I want to hear. All the time. <laughs> so, I mean, I think even at. Uh... Oh, go ahead, Chase. I mean, I just think I'm just excited that now there's two ways to get cut them down in a free folk army. You can take the weeper commander and you can take that unit. And I think anytime you can get two units with cut them down, um, you can set up some really nasty combos that just, you know, didn't exist before as options for free folk. So I think we're going to see some other mixed armies. Uh, I think rattle shirt's going to be good in these guys as well, but I think weeper, uh, especially with his ability, horrific reputation, that order to, uh, make an enemy within long range, take a, a re-roll a panic test. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of those combos. Yeah, I think, uh, especially, 
an awesome attachment you could put in them now that they have vicious is the savage alpha. You know that panic token on a charge. Uh, I yeah. mean, it does kind of it, it does suck that it is only on a charge. I always kind of felt that was a little weak, especially when you have the chosen of Stire, um, You know, passing out a weekend within long uh, when they activate, but. Uh, <clears throat> um, but still, I mean, the panic token on a charge with them could be devastating uh, with Vicious. Um, so it's definitely something to keep in mind if you're taking these guys. And I think, you know, to jump to another unit here, I think Rattleshirt, uh, the changes to him, I think are going to be significant. And I'll be honest, I mostly ran Rattleshirt for fun. Um, may, I was trying to figure out, and I've often lament about how I'm really bad at fire and blood in particular, uh, that game mode. But I tried to make like a rattle shirt list with that with like, you know, super high, all significant units trying to be like my beastly, uh, free folk force. And he got Jack and Hagard on the first turn, my commander, but I'm not bitter, but, oh, man, that's uh, but you know, it's just one of those like, random fluke things, but I uh, left the bad taste in my mouth, but I think the changes to his tactics card. So it used to be, um, that after a friendly unit completed the combat uh, melee attack, if, if Rattleshirt was in short range of that enemy, you could search the tactics disc, your tactics deck or the discard pile and attach it to his unit. Now being able to attach it to another unit means that you can actually then farm out that card, that, that card from your deck and get what you need to have out on the battlefield early, whether you're trying to get Mark of Slaughter and give your Boneless Chosen or Followers of Bone you know, plus two dice and restoring a wound every time they attack, or if you're trying to give them gruesome reminders so that when an enemy unit is engaged with them, uh, they suffer negative one to their panic test for each destroyed rank they have. So you charge in, you do a rank of damage, you're able to put this card out on them from your deck, and now when they're trying to hit you, they're hitting at additional modifiers to their panic because of your horrific visage and gruesome reminders. I mean, you can set up a lot, a lot easier combos with them now, and I think you know, that's going to make them a lot more appealing to the people that weren't running them before. Well, I'm a, I'm kind of a trendy guy, so I'm a, I'm riding the Harma train. So when I think of followers <laughs> of Bone having vicious, I mean Harma is immediately what comes to mind. So yeah, uh, I think a fainting maneuver, moving Somebody into the like flank, group assault, don't they? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Taking the plus three attack dice, and then uh, they're vulnerable. So. I mean, in my mind, you're you're causing at least one wound, right? But probably more. And then the follow-up panic at minus three is where it's really, really, really going to start to add up and do the damage. So if morale boosts are an extension to defense, then certainly vicious, obviously, is an extension to uh, your attack. And the fact that they only have to fail by one, adding vicious makes them very, very, very scary, especially, like you said, Chase, against the Lannisters. If you can get them to pop their guard captain early, you can really, really, really start to bring them down with their terrible morale. So that I, I feed off of panic in the list that I make. So it's a really good way of doing damage. Do you guys? I, mean, I think do you guys think that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think we're in a golden age of free folk right now, to be honest. Or if not, we're, we've maybe even already been in it and not realized. But we're certainly going to see a lot more of that, with, especially with these changes. Well, yeah, let's yeah, not forget sure. that, you know, I was just going to say, let's, let's not forget that maybe Free Folk is not done yet. You know, there could be more changes coming. 
Uh, and that's what's crazy, though, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I since I'm I, people might know me for being a little bit excited about free folk. Uh, you know, I got in on it early. I loved them, and then this guy—I don't know if you heard of him, David Meckler. He sent me a, a free folk heroes box <laughs> early. Just going crazy with that. Yeah. And like that was the best, like an additional like five weeks earlier than everybody else that I, like I ever had in my life. You know, free folk heroes box changed the entire game, but. But I mean, these guys, uh, you know, they first came out. They're the most, I think, unique play style in the game. They're, I, I would argue, maybe the most reliant on combo synergies. And at launch, they didn't necessarily have access to a lot of units. But even still, you know, Mark Rupp won 8 0 at Adepticon 2019. Uh, we got this guy, Michael Rumsbaum, on the podcast recently, who is, he's got like an 80% win rate with his Weeper list. Uh, I think Ben last Let's, weekend uh... won CanCon. So I mean, to uh, be fair though, at, at Adepticon he didn't have to face me. No, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. But I mean, he was literally uh, from the starter well, box, like off other tables. It was funny though, because in the tournament where he went uh, in the qualifier, where he went four and zero, I also went four and zero. We didn't play oh, enough games to eliminate all the four and and he beat me by one victory point to take first. Oh. And then in yeah, and then in the um, finals, uh, again, uh, I took second and he took first, and I didn't have to face him both times. <laughs> I actually had an anti-free folk list as my second <laughs> list um, just because it was the one faction that I had difficulty. Like, it wasn't, like, super hard for my Starks, but it was, mm-hmm. it was you know, a challenge. So I made a list specifically just to, like, steamroll free folk. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that and that definitely happens, especially with Starks, I think. But I guess what I'm trying to say yeah. is that even if he was second, like, you know, I feel like there's this perception no, that like, free folk have always been bottom tier, and it's like, wait, guys, like, look, like, no, are doing stuff I, I'm not him. trying to take anything away from from him. He was a really good player. I watched because uh, I was able to finish a couple of my matches and watch his, and he's a really good player. So I'm just, you know, giving him a hard time, kind of <laughs> yeah. joking around. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, That's unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a horrible person. I've been but, telling uh, you. <laughs> yeah, I should listen to you. I never Stop do. Stop being so mean. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited about the changes so far with uh, – with just the followers of Bone and, you know, Rattle Shirt. And the fact that you can even take the uh, Bone Lord's Chosen now, even if you just take him as an attachment, is amazing. That's um, awesome. Especially, especially, who knows, what if they get Rattle Shirt uh, NCU? I mean, by the wording, you could take the Bone Lord's Chosen and his NCU if they ever come out with one. I oh, mean, man. This is just speculation, but I mean, any sort of rattle shirt that comes out now, you can now run his chosen. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. I'm all for it. Give me another hero's box, guys. We got, we got, good. <laughs> well, it'd be awesome if we get another hero box before uh, before Adepticon. You know, some of those free folk players would be able to uh, you know, you have some more options. Dude, I, I can't keep up. <laughs> Every box that's come out has been so great. Like the skin changers, like that just is like that might be as significant as the 
uh, Heroes Box as far uh, Heroes Box One as far as changing up free folk. So, I mean, I feel like the fact is just starting to really be this huge thing. You get two uh, two skin changers, right, and two of all the Correct. Um, yeah. things in there. So I'm gonna need five boxes, man. <laughs> oh, man. I need myself ten bears. <laughs> Ten yeah, bears I mean, and ten raider units. I mean, that many you can have. You know, you could have your wolves and eagles and bears too, and be happy with that. Whole, whole, a whole menagerie of animals. At least they made it to where they have to activate like the way Ghost and John does. Right. Otherwise, yeah. you'd have literally like twenty activation lists. <laughs> right. But now, I mean, all those tactics cards that need you know another unit there, you got it. So you're, you can pay a point to unlock, yeah. you know, attack this card, essentially. And that's going to be a huge help. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So I think uh, I think we're pretty good. Uh, we'll go on to the next uh, subject here, which I think is kind of a hot topic. Um, giants and kind of how they stack up with the panic, new the you know, the new panic in 1.5. So... I'm going to be the first to say I think I don't I think giants are going to get fearless. Um I don't think or maybe a form of fearless cuz I think they probably should still be able to get a panic token on them and expend it, but maybe like some sort of a rule where their morale can't be modified at least because hmm. 7 points for your guy to just kind of melt um, because you charged them with, let's say, uh, 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 Gregor and uh, some mountains men with cut oh, them God. down. <laughs> just like, oh, vicious, Cersei, cut them down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that can be kind of disheartening. So I hope they get some sort of fearless, but I think like a, like a complete fearless might be a little too much, and that's just because I think before the new panic, Giants were so good at objectives. You know, when they changed it to be one uh, one rank per wound they have. So five, I mean, I think that's only for contesting, though. But still, like, the ability to just kind of charge into a unit on an objective and say, you don't have that no more unless you kill me or bring me down to basically dead, in which case I'm going to swing at you with a lot of damage. Yeah. They've got to make that calculation. I got to say, I don't think that's a good idea whatsoever. Uh, I do think they need to be less susceptible to being able to be one shot because of panic. But they have a what? They have a three up, right? If you make it to where they can't be modified, who the hell cares about a panic token? <laughs> like you right. got to still get double ones. If they get double ones, they deserve to die. Well, well I think yeah. I mean, it's, it's an example of a problem—not uh, a problem of design, but it's. It's so well designed that it's all linked together, right? So the wounds that it has contributes to how much damage it does. So if you like just make them tougher, then they're going to be doing way more damage, right? So everything's sure. kind of locked in too much. So it is hard to adjust. And so I wonder if they do go a keyword way um, by having something like fearless. I think that might be a little strong. Maybe but... they put them down to a two up. That would help significantly in there. I mean, that might, right? Because in the old system, you know, you'd be rolling, you rolled snake eyes. You're typically running like you know two to three wounds. You could still have like a wound or two left, and so you could counterplay it, right? You could you could uh, take a tactic zone and heal back three, and so there's a kind of this back and forth. 
Now, so, you know, that, that just plus one wound, you know, you're, you're rolling it, and it's a lot of times you're going to be rolling in that higher threshold, and it's, it's a huge risk. You're just going to explode if you have any damage. Uh, I don't know how I, or actually tell me if this is true or not. Are you still only able to get the max amount of damage from a panic test, your morale? No, now the max amount of damage is uh, D3 Four, plus okay. One. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I wasn't so, sure if that still, like, was there, because if not, if it was, then they would, if you put them down to a two, they could only ever take two from a panic test, and I think that would be perfectly reasonable. Uh, yeah, two would, wounds from it, a failed panic test at that high of a panic? Yeah, I mean, they're, de- they're definitely going to need something. I mean, as, as it stands right now, I don't, I, I think, as, again, as it stands right now, I think we'll probably see them left on the table, but... I think that, uh, like you guys were saying, uh, some kind of keyword. I don't, I don't know what exactly. Maybe you call up something new, but uh, I think Justin, what you suggested, would be a good, a good solution. Um, but for seven points just to get one shotted, uh, it's just, it's kind of tough to swallow, especially for, for a free folk player, um, where I think your points are very important um, because you're, you're usually trying to have more, you know, have more. Um, on the field than your opponent, and that's why, that's why I said maybe with the new changes to uh, followers of Bone and Bone Wars Chosen, that they might be they might be replacing the that kind of like anvil part. I mean the hammer part of the Free Folk Army. Um, again, as as things stand right now with the Panic Rule. Well, I can tell you this much: we're going to find out how much that changes because this tournament this weekend. I'm bringing three of those things. Oh, nice. <laughs> So what command are you bringing with it then? Oh, God. You, you probably will, but, you know, I'm kind of doing a little experiment. I mean, I think I, that's really the heart of it, though, right? Is that you got to run a lot of them if you're going to run them. If you're just right. running one, you might just say, hey, for seven points, I could do more work with a Followers of Bone or, you know, another unit, Cave Dwellers maybe even. And, you know, the difference is you may have a smaller footprint. You can hide them more. And so it becomes right. kind of a skill, a skill game there. And I think that's one of the fun things about it. But you've got to entice the better players to want to play that skill game because they're looking and saying, hey, I can do that same amount of work with something else. And, right, the, right, you know, the, right. the mid to low tier people are still, they're getting, you know, they're running it forward just trying to, to do something with it. And it's getting only targeted by stuff that kills it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, boys. I'm going to blaze it sharp in the flank three times. Probably will. <laughs> I have no doubt. I think maybe, uh, you know, maybe just an extension of how, you know, they have uh, all their wounds um, taken and just do an extension to that, but uh, their panic. So whatever they would take, uh, if they fail panic, it's halved, rounded down, or rounded up either way. Oh, interesting. That's not a bad idea at all. That's a good idea. That way, you know, they're only ever taking, I I would say maybe round down because then, at most you can take is what two for a field panic, and if they mm-hmm. have cut them down, you're only doing four. Uh, well, and they're so, dead at that point. And you know, <laughs> I think that makes sense though, right? <laughs> that that allows for some counterplay, and also then it's like don't don't hit things, don't don't fight things with cut them down. Somewhere someone's yeah. listening, going, why are they throwing giants into things with cut them down? But, Run away, know. giants! <laughs> but, Run away, right. boy! But I think it makes sense, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and they could even put it under, you know, the heart, you know, so it would be an innate ability that can't be taken away. It would just be an extension of that. And I think uh, I think that would be a nice uh, fix. What you do know you know think, the funny Greg? part about this conversation? I like that idea. Is, 
Oh. I that that's a great idea. I was you, you literally <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say the simplest solution is to extend their having of the, the wounds caused by hits back to panic. But uh, you know, you, you nailed it before I said it. So uh, yeah, I think it's a perfect solution. <laughs> the and then just going back real quick for clarification, when you said the mountain in a unit of mountain men having cut them down, it's Sanders. Sandor who has cut oh, them down. Yeah. But I, I, I think the general oh, idea that, you were going for was a, uh, yeah, a Clegane list, I yeah. think, is generally what you were going for, and, and you'll find Sandor very often. So, yeah. No worries. Yeah. Just wanted they, to clarify they, that. No, yeah. All those guys in red armor look I the same. Just, I don't know. Who's I need to start just saying the Hound and the Mountain because I always get Gregor and Sandor the names mixed up. So I need to just start saying the Hound and the Mountain. <laughs> but yeah, think about the Sandor. Changing? Sandor has cut him down. I'm gonna forgive you this time. <laughs> I wouldn't. What are you gonna say, Justin? The good thing about the Giants changing or not changing is Simon's already finalized it. I am sure. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I know. When's that next one coming out, though? These the, the articles are killing me because it's, you know, they they seem to, I can't really figure out what the schedule is, and I'm always like, oh my god, what? I don't know. Let me I, just call. Well, they just did a Night's Watch. So. Yeah. They just did. Night's night's watch. Once again, Simon awesome. starts spreading the bad rumor. Simon, they they favor Night's Watch over Free Folk. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Not starting. Not starting yeah. the rumors. I don't know. I gotta stir trouble somehow. <laughs> But can we all agree that the rubble. worst feeling in the game, the worst feeling in the game at all, is someone turning off Mighty Swing on a giant? It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> that is not, there's like a special sort of sadness that you feel when you're like, oh, I'm rolling one die for one hit on a two It's plus. even worse when you do it with Roos and you do D3 wounds to him first. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> You can't do that to three giants at the same time. So. Yes, you can, because I can recycle those cards four times. Oh, Not at the same and if time, he's running though. Walder. <laughs> and right. if I'm running Walder. You're not helping the cost. <laughs> Gonna yeah, have a bad day. Be, you're not supposed to be depressing our listeners, Justin. This is supposed to be making people feel good about free folk. Okay? This is why I'm here. That free folk are powerful. Okay? I think they're powerful, and you're hurting this my heart. This is argument. why I'm here. That's why we told Brett not to talk today. There has to be one faction that my faction's good against, and it happens to be the poor people on the other side of the wall. <laughs> I mean, free people. Sorry, sorry. All over it. Yeah, the poor people, they're down in the, the King's Landing. Yeah, those poor fellows, they're, they're scary, man. Don't mess with them. The free folk are still poor. No, they're rich because uh, they have family. Yeah, look at all that land they have. There's got to be like oil <laughs> in them there. Frozen hill. tundra. <laughs> hey, they have no. They have no where you dead. grow. You grow There's beans that. there <laughs> and corn. Did someone just say oil? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck getting through that solid uh, frozen ground. They got giants, right? They got a, you know, little giant I mean, they got giants. That's a fair point. Uh, that was the alternate ending for season eight. <laughs> Giants are just drilling for oil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben makes a good point about Umber lash out is instant kill on a giant, I believe, right? So five uh, auto wounds if you're Umber. Yep. That's gross. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad business. It's yeah. It's yeah. auto. I mean, I've had a lot of bad experiences giant. with giants and Umbers. Yeah, that's ja- well. You know that makes um, sense too, though. Maybe not giants, but 
Umbers are the last hearth, so they're the northerners who fought the free folk yeah. more than any others. Thank God that mighty cleave is gone. That's all I say. Ha, ha, ha. But great. now they have eight one-shot dice. <laughs> and I, charge I mean, that kills anyway. a lot of things, though. So. Yeah, I mean, but it killed, you know, whatever. That's the, bear. That's, that's the worst for you guys in armor. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the bears to come, and I just walter them every turn. Oh. You can't walter oh. bears, Justin. I can do whatever the hell I want, Chris. <laughs> Don't they have two wounds though? I don't know. Do they have two? Actually, or one? I would I would really like it if you did Walder the Bears because that, that means be some of there's like a uh, you know uh, followers the bone running around or something not being Although, significant. Although I can get a plan. point for the Bears because I'll take their insignificant <laughs> away. The Bears don't have insignificant actually. They don't what? award points. Oh, this just is why, at all? This is why free folk op. Let's just see <gasps> there. Uh, let me see if I can find what the card was. Free folk are the last people who should be worried about Walder anyway. They have grit. And a million people, like a million activations on the yeah. table. So Walder's re- I've used Walder against like big lists, and he's awful. When there's a hundred things on the field, you, he can't keep up. He's not really pulling his weight. He's old and crippled. Yeah, well, that's a, I mean, I, in the end, it's like you get some interesting choices there, right? And that's kind of cool about the Fallers of Bone getting better is are you going to walter them, or are you going to turn off insignificant on something? Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to waste it on a free folk later, and maybe it's not wasting it. Maybe that victory point is really actually worth it. But you got to make some choices here. What are you going to drop your five point dude on? Well, if you have my luck, you can't kill raiders anyways when you charge them <laughs> for two attacks. Well, the easy, I think the easy choice is you put them on the follower's bone because uh, in order to then uh, stop uh, you. It's a win-win because you put it on the followers of bone, and now they're turned off. And then you can't egret, uh, egret them because if you do, then egret turns them off as well, doesn't the, she? The, the attachment, just the attachment. Oh, oh wait. wait a second, oh, okay, she only shuts that. off the influence, or uh, when influencing unit, any attachment on that unit or other NCUs influencing that unit lose all abilities. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess you would have to target someone, like if they have rattle shirt on there or something, then you throw Walder on there to shut everything off. And now you're faced with, do you egret them just so you can get, like, the, the vicious back and the um Yeah, but egret's a, a three-point three point <laughs> NCU. Like, I think that's where free folk NCUs are, are super cheap and super like, good. That's why we yeah, sound they're, like they're super good. That's why we sound like such whiners in the, on the Facebook page and stuff, because we're like, a seven-point giant, like, seven points is the most expensive thing. That's the biggest number we can count to. Like, <laughs> I don't even have seven fingers. Like, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, we're spoiled. And I think in a weird way, a lot of these problems stem from the Cave Dweller Savages being such a linchpin unit that we sort of set that as, like, the gold standard and is like, you know, like, ah, can I do this work with a Cave Dweller Savage? Maybe I just want to take an extra one of those instead of a giant. And the followers of bones now are like encroaching on that territory. There might be, I think, some people that still argue that cable or savages at five points with an attachment maybe still could be, you know, fill that role that follower of bones are starting to inch into. I mean, because they've got vicious too. But, um, you know, I don't know. Things are shifting. We'll see. I, I'm still kind of in the cable or savage. That's true. But, you know, you choose the plus one to hit if you need to, or you, you charge in and reroll. But then don't you don't know. have the vicious. That's true. That's true. I mean, granted, you could get multiple, but uh, 
Ellie, I mean, I see what you're saying. It's definitely not like an easy, oh, you're going to go this option. But right. um, if, you know, it, they just now with the increase to the followers of Bone, you actually have like, you know, to think about it. Right. Rather than yeah, before, now you I think do. the now obvious choice yeah. was just savages. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I think Giants in the new uh, uh, panic, I really don't think they're worth their points at all. Not not currently, but I have faith in Simon. I think uh, they'll fix it. I don't know if they're fixing it right now. Uh, I think they will. Um, but if they don't, I think uh, once they get a little more data, uh, they'll definitely um, – you know, look into it. I have faith that, you know, they're, they're looking to make this game as fair and, uh, you know, awesome as they can. Uh, one thing I want to point out that I was going to point out at the beginning of the show, uh, a lot of people out there, you know, Chase, you kind of mentioned this, you know, thinking free folk are kind of on the weaker side. Uh, free folk are actually really strong. The reason that I think a lot of people don't realize that they're very strong is I think someone did a poll, uh, on like, all uh, all the factions and what you know, how many people are playing each faction. Oh, yeah. I think free folk is only like 13%. So when you only have about 13% of the community playing a faction, out of only you know, not I think at the time Baratheons like just came out. So I mean, you only had five factions when this poll was done. Um, I mean, 13% is very little, and if right. you're having a lot of you know tournament winners with a 13% showing uh, or even less, you know, cause that's just the, that might not even be the showing at the tournaments. That's just the people who, you know, came out and said that they play free folk as their main faction. Uh, I really believe that um, free folk are a lot stronger than people give them credit for. For example, like uh, at the indie tournament, three of the top five were Starks but half of all of the armies were Starks. So, I mean, right. you're going to see a bunch of Starks in in the top list. It's one of those, you really have to factor how many people are playing the faction uh, to get an accurate, you know, reading of, you know, how good they actually are. Um, yeah, I just and, and I, that I, before I, think, I kind of forgot about it. Ahead, and Dave, to your, to your point, I, I think that... Uh, I think what goes to that is just like we talked about before on, on here is that, you know, Starks and Lannisters are what people started the game with a lot, a lot of times, you know, so it's the most comfortable. It's what you're going to you're bring to the tournament and stuff like that. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And I, I think that as each faction gets more developed, uh, changes are made. Um, you know, I, I think, I think it will, it will, stick. I think, I think eventually I'll be pretty, pretty balanced out. Well, yeah, I mean, you got Starks and Lannisters, which were the first factions uh, in the Kickstarter. You had neutrals, but neutrals had such limited options. They weren't, you really couldn't count them, and you could take them at no Just matter what good. faction you were. So, yeah. <laughs> I did since the start. <laughs> so, really, you had Starks and Lannisters, and then Night's Watch came out, and Night's Watch was really popular. Uh, it was, yeah, I think just a lot of people were drawn to them. I think just a lot less people were drawn to Free Folk when they came out. And so that's why, like, the big three you see almost everywhere is Lannister, Stark, and Night's Watch. Um, neutrals you see a lot less because they have a lot less options. Uh, Free Folk, I think, just doesn't appeal to as many people. Um, 
I like them a lot, and uh, and they're really strong. I think just aesthetically they appeal to less people. Um, and then you have Baratheons and Targaryens, which are both pretty brand new. So that's why, it, you know, it may seem to a lot of people that Starks and Lannisters and Night's Watch are overpowered, but that's the majority of what you're going to be seeing at all these major events. And so when you see all these top lists, or, you know, top lists, and you see, like, one free folk break top five, it's actually a pretty big deal, you know, right. when you only have, like, it's two like, free folk players. That's 90% <laughs> of the free folk players. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and and, and but, I think I think out of all the armies, and this is my opinion, but out of all the armies, I think the free folk, I think they take the most skill because I think, like you guys mentioned, they have the most synergies, and the cards are really dependent on how you position things and 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 getting more than one unit in there. So I I think it takes take the most skill. So I think you know people who are starting the game, or or maybe sometimes even starting a new faction, or maybe sometimes intimidated by it. I guess. Um, I think it's a fair thing to say, but well, it's definitely a different mindset, but, right? I mean, I had this experience going from free folk and trying to play a bunch of Targ starter set games, and being like, "Oh my god, my guys are so fast! Like I'm zipping all over the place! Like it's a totally different game." When you sit yeah. down with free folk, you're playing a different type of game, and right, you know, I don't right. know about you guys, but when I played my first Stark versus Lannister starter set game, I took the Lannisters, I moved my Lannister guards and guards captain up into the middle. I didn't know what I was doing. They just got charged all over the place, and I just sat there and ate it and Lannister supremacy people. And I was like, oh, we uh, – you know, I just didn't know what I was doing. You do that with free folk, you know, that unit dissolves instantly. Yeah, exactly. Um, ben on our chat here was just saying that he won the Australia Nationals with free folk. Um, I don't know if anyone knows how many people – what was that? Yeah. Was that, is that CanCon? Is that what that's called? Or is that a different? I'm not sure. I think that was it. Okay, yeah. But I think but that yeah, was a pretty I mean, big showing, folk, right? That was a big event. I think so. I'm asking him now to see if he knows how many people and how many of those people were free folk. But, um, I mean, you take, uh, like, the percentage of a faction that's gone into a tournament and then how many times that, you know, based on the uh, percentage has gotten, like, you know, first or whatnot. Uh, uh-huh. I think free folk have probably the best percentage that I can think of. Uh, ben says 32 players, and it is CanCon. Um, just waiting to see if he knows. Um, uh, only two free folk players. I mean, yeah. 32 players. You only have two free folk. So all you people listening out there that, especially like free folk players, if you're kind of feeling like you know, maybe you're having a little, a little difficulty with your faction. Um, I would just say, just try a bunch of new things. Reach out to some of the some of the guys that have gotten first uh, or done well, I guess, in general, because you're looking at huge tournaments with almost no free folk players, and they're doing, you know, they're doing amazing. You know, he just took first there. Mark took first uh, in the qualifier, the second qualifier, and in the finals at Adepticon. Does anyone know how well Free Folk did at Gen Con? Uh, Brett, you were first at that. Um, do you know uh, if there was any Free Folk? I don't think there were any Free Folk players. I think it was all Stark, no. uh, Lannister, <laughs> and uh, Night's Watch. Um, the cool I know thing Chase, is that... Chase qualified. Our Chase, he, he won yeah. some uh, 
qualifying tournament with uh, Free Folk, and but he wasn't able to play in the finals. So I don't I don't think there were any so Free he, Folk players there. There might have been one, but they didn't they didn't crack top five. So if there was one player, they didn't make top five. But I honestly and truly don't think there were any, and I don't think there were any Boltons either. I think it was all Stark, Lannister, and Night's Watch. And yeah, and it goes back to what I was just saying. You know, that's the three factions that just have been around the longest and appeal to a lot of people. Chris, were you trying to say something? No, but I also think that just in general, you know, free folk being more the horde style army as a price point, it requires more oh, units yeah. to begin with. Yeah. So some people like a Night's Watch person, you only need four or five units out there. As opposed to a free folk guy, base you're looking at at least six, if not eight units on your table plus MCUs. And they give out painting awards at some tournaments, and the people have four units they painted, and it's like, is there an endurance painter? We painted twelve units. (laughs) The old iron painter. Yeah, painting definitely plays a big factor in why I bring Starks to all my major like events, is because. Um, I have to play with like an all painted and anything like major and Starks are my only fully painted army. Uh, Brassians are really close now, but I think I'm waiting for Brassians to at least get one more unit option before I like start bringing them to anything big. Um, but yeah, so like painting that many units could be a big factor. Uh, Ben makes another great point is that because there's only like 13% players that even like play free folk. A lot of people don't get a lot of practice against them. And so they don't really know what they do. And so when you face them, you're surprised by a lot of their tricks and tactics and Mm -hmm. how to beat them, especially like giants, you know, I mean, giants now with the new panic is a lot less dangerous, but before if you didn't uh, fight them the right way, you you know you got your butt handed to you by a giant that would just sit there and whack you and you would just play defensive and heal over and over and over um, and just keep whacking at the unit you know and well, that's actually, you know go ahead well, that's actually one of the reasons that I started free folk in the first place is because nobody really around us did and I like being that you know unique guy that doesn't play what everyone else is and then. You know, I like them, so I continued. And I don't I think, think, you know, choices. and actually, the funny thing, if we can plug a song of ice and fire stats.com, they're trying to do rankings. And right now for the games log, free folk have the highest win rankings. Now, um, Carlo has talked about how he doesn't want those, those stats. will <laughs> be more meaningful when there's like a certain peak number of submissions. I think it's only at like 55 games submitted for free folk. But still, they've won 40 of the 55 games, and so they have a breakdown of commanders of, like, who's the top percentage win. Um, and, uh, you know, so Free Folk are doing relatively well. Yeah. But, and you know, we've got to get more surprised. games in. I mean, yep. Um, and, you know, Adepticons are on the corner. Uh, you know, just wait and see. I'm sure, you know, Mark is probably going to make the trip again. I, I would be surprised if he doesn't. Um I don't know if he's on to newer and brighter things, uh, either game-wise or faction-wise, but, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, um, we can kind of move on from there. Uh, next uh, big topic is 
insignificant versus non-insignificant units. Um, now, you know, because when the starters first dropped, you know, it was easy to just run all insignificant lists because, well, you only had, you know, what, giants were the only option that you had from the get-go mm-hmm. that were significant. Um, so it was easy to just run all insignificant lists. But now, I mean, we have Sens, we have Savages, we have uh, the Followers of Bone. We have the, oh, I guess Spearwives came out uh, when the, the starter dropped, right? So yeah. you could run them, but they were, you know, as we all know now, in hindsight, over-costed. You know, now that they're dropped to four points, you never saw them. But, right. um, yeah, now you have so many awesome options for free folk. Now it's actually a hard question. You know, you, how much insignificant is good? How much, you know, because I feel like running a 100% insignificant list has its advantages definitely, but you lose out on a lot of really cool tools and, you know, awesome units. Then again, running an all a list with no insignificant units, one means you're probably running, you know, a lot less units because those are your cheapest units. Uh, but two, now you're, you know, you're losing that advantage. So it's one of those, is there a happy medium? Is there, you know, a nice, like, middle ground? What well, now think, there's Chris? also ways well, now there's also ways to turn that stuff off, as opposed to when they first came out. You really didn't have a lot of those luxuries. So, well, uh, I mean, there isn't like other than Walder. I mean, there's Roos, right? Is there anything else <laughs> other than them too? Uh, yeah, Tywin. Tywin. Usually the big guys. Tywin the commander and Tywin the NCU. Well, let's be oh, fair. Tywin. I've been by that guy a lot. <laughs> Justin. So yeah, I mean, there's a, a decent amount of ways, but at least they're not like uh, faction universal. So right. like, you actually have to take a specific. Um, so really, I think it's Lannisters and neutrals have the most tools. Um, and if it's uh, um, at least Walder, which is I think going to be the most common now, at least Egret uh, can counter him, uh, like, like a strong counter in my opinion, right. you know, three points for five points. Um, but, yes, you definitely have to worry about that a bit. You can't just go in thinking that they're not going to have any uh, answers to that. Right. What do you think, Chase? Actually, are you, you finding yourself running, uh, so running I've more gone, or less? Yeah, I've gone through some sort of phases, I think, and uh, starting off, you know, limited by the, the starter set. Um so I used to like to run a lot of insignificant units. And then I started recently, well, not that recently, but I started trying to run more elite lists. Um, and by elite, I, I personally define elite for free folk as if I have more significant units than I do insignificant units. And, uh, you know, I can win some games that way, but I can be, I think, I mean, honestly, I don't think I ever beat better players with lists that are that have more significant units. If I have a lot of insignificant units, if I'm running kind of your insignificant spam, I can take a game off sometimes a better player um, and, you know, kind of win on the victory. And, you know, but when I'm playing, particularly for me, it's always like Starks. That's a hard time. If it's a better player, they're more adept at moving their units on the, di- on the table. I oftentimes I end up getting caught and, and dropping off a significant unit and it can really, really turn the tide of the table. So, um, I've just recently started going back to running that sort of insignificant swarm again. And um, 
it's just I have a lot more success. So so it might not be that that's the way you have to play, but it's a way that you know I, I find that I'm most comfortable with. I mean, there's nothing worse, right, than, like, losing a game because you lost, like, an extra unit, and you're like, oh, that was it. Like, <laughs> those berserkers that I just didn't kill wiped that unit out, and now they got that point, and now they're up ahead, and I can't get ahead of them. Or... Hey, Chase, let me let me ask you this. Do you find yourself, like, even, like, in the list, uh, an elite list, do you find yourself at least taking two units of Raiders? For, the, for just for the point cost? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I tried taking no Raiders. I think that's a huge mistake. <laughs> but, okay, so all of this comes with some caveat that I think skin changers are going to change that up. You can be more creative with your list building, but you really have to know what you're doing then. And you can't get caught with a, a stark combo card set up that's going to wipe out a unit. You've got to know that's coming and position your bears to block charge lanes. Uh, so that is a style of play. Um, but it's one, you know, a very higher, a high skill level. Um, and I think, you know, I do think Raiders are, at least for now, something you're going to want to definitely be running in all your lists. And, you know, I'm honestly, I've gone back to running four in, in my base set for most of my list. Um, but, you know, I don't think you have to play them that way. But it, I feel like it's a, a safer and maybe a little bit easier way to play. Yeah, I mean, just because... Exactly. I mean, I I think even just having insignificant in your army is like a huge strong point of the free folk faction. So I just, you know, even myself when I I, I kind of do like mock lists for fun, like with like every faction just to see what I come up with and I played the faction. Yeah. Um, I always find myself taking at least you know three to four insignificant units just because it's it's almost like why wouldn't you, you know? No, I agree, and I and I and I think I, I'll throw it out there again. I think the skin changers because what happens is I I found with the more elite list that I am having a harder time getting my combos off with my cards. I need that extra unit to trigger it, um, and having more units on the table just makes it easier to do that. Having a bear yeah. being able to trigger you know and set up other combos or turn off abilities because it's nearby, like that's yep. that's very significant. That's very useful. Uh, so there might be that style of play that's just ready to like hit mainstream that people are going to be finding out. But I think until that next few weeks, until those come out officially, um, I do feel like leaning into that insignificance form is perhaps more efficient or just a safer way of playing. I, I think you need the insignificant units for uh, regroup and reform as well. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Playing, playing them. Uh, practicing for the Adepticon team tournament, it's really, really, really nice to be able to have a unit of Raiders that's just kind of sitting back, soaking up an activation, and then you're able to pull four guys off and, and heal a unit that's worth substantially more. So I think maybe perhaps just for that card, you should have at least two units. But the units that give me the most fits personally are the, the insignificant swarm, but I run low activation elite armies. So I'm, I'm going to have that as a weakness no matter what, but that's just right, me so personally. Just they a give plug. Me <laughs> so I think one of the strengths about Free Folk is that the Free Folk army lends itself to countering the sort of elite list that you like to run. And so I think that we might see a rise in some Free Folk because some of the really efficient, like well-oiled machine lists that are out there might be more susceptible to this sort of army. Yeah, I mean, I really am. The best I can do is 
um, try to split their armies. But mm-hmm. even then, in an objective scenario, I find myself falling behind now. Now, right. if I draw three folks at Adepticon, I better be fire and blood because I, I can beat them in that scenario. But oh, yeah. when, it to, when it comes to Game of Thrones in particular, I really, really, really struggle. And uh, I think an insignificant spam in a Clash of Kings could be a nightmare, um, not just because of the time that it's going to take, because when they respawn, that's mm-hmm. kind of like a turn. And then they get to activate if they were in your deployment zone. I just see it taking a really, really, really long time to yeah. get through their eight, nine, ten <laughs> units when they're just spawning and coming back. Now they don't have cavalry. They do have two swift advance cards in their deck. Right. They can't immediately come in and strike. Well, you but can. You got Harma. Be, yeah. Yeah, they'll Harma, be around. Lady Val maneuver zone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They'll be around. They'll be annoying, and they will be doing the best that they can to contest objectives. And I think, I think the change to contested objectives was low key or maybe even not low key. It was a, <laughs> like a straight buff to free folks. It was like, Oh, here's man. a bone free folks. Yeah. So it's a big deal. one combo and I want to point out is, uh, running, um, just, you know, it's going to put your Raiders at five points, but running, you know, like four Raiders, all with raid leaders and uh, skin changers with bears. Um, unless Jeez. correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while since I've seen the the, uh, the bears. If um, it, do they activate just like ghost does? Um, uh, so like so just an ability. This unit does not activate as normal. Instead, when its bonded skin changer activates, this unit activates immediately after them. So it would be the raider unit, the bear, and then their raid leader would trigger the other unit. Yeah, so the importance of that is because one weak thing I think about uh, the free folk is kind of their tactics cards. I don't think they're horrible. I think they're just tough to get off because you need so many things to pile in. If you can have a raid leader in your raiders with a skin changer and a bear and another unit nearby, you can have three units all tie up one unit and then start throwing out, uh, forgive me for not remembering a lot of the names, it's been a while since I played uh, my free folk, um, is uh, you know the one where they get a minus one for every unit past the first. Now they're getting a minus two to Oh, yeah, back. distraction tactics, yeah. Yeah, so like something like that, like, you know, it's a five-point unit, but in order to, you know, they're not going to be able to hit you. You know, they're going to, oh, you have that amazing uh, combat unit that's hitting on threes with a bunch of dice. Well, now they're hitting you on fives. Right. Right. And suddenly these things are all unlocking. I mean, even talking about how there's two options for cut them down in the army now. Um, you play there's too yep. many. When an enemy combat unit activates, there's two or more enemies engaged with them. They suffer panic test with a minus two to their roll. Like, yeah, sure. I'll take that. Let's cut them down. Like, I'll take that. I'll, I'll spend that card to see what we get here. I'll roll those dice. Um, you know, yeah. so suddenly all these other things are, are starting to trigger off, and, and I think we're seeing this sort of exponential growth with every new release that the, the way these combos are coming out. Chase, I have a personal yeah. challenge for you. Uh-oh. What do we got? I want you, I want you to play another free folk player, okay. and I want you to use Surrounded and Exposed to shut off their raiders insignificant, and then I want you and to then, kill them. That's a with, ooh. With the panic test. <laughs> and get a so, point. That's your first personal off, challenge. 
in a competitive setting, I've never played in a competitive setting against another free folk player. We just see, usually there's like one person at the event and we just walk by and we give like that knowing nod to each other. Everything slows down. You're like free folk player. Then you pass. But I will go for it though. There was a challenge. You got got to make it adept. Yeah. I'll do it. We got to get like an achievement unlocked pass or something for free folk players. I, I might send you like a unit box or something if you make it happen. What? Oh man, someone's <laughs> gonna be complaining about it. Be like, what? What are you doing this whole game? I don't have to win the game though, right? I can just just be spending the whole time trying to do this one thing. Like, yeah, you know, zero ten, but, but I got like, it. I got it. It was the same Brad, way as the indie tournament. There were. You don't have to win the game. But go ahead, Brett. Do that. There we go. Sorry, but I was gonna say it. It only counts, though, Brett, if you. Uh, you have the what? Uh, oh, yeah, you're going to give away your Targaryen uh, starter? Yeah, and nobody ended up winning it, which I was surprised. But I think <laughs> some people forgot about it because John Ailes actually had the opportunity to kill himself with reckless strikes. He was like, <laughs> man, if I would have remembered that, I wouldn't have taken those rerolls, and I would have let my unit die. I would have got that oh, box. Yeah, you would have gotten it. Yeah, I was going to say, Brett, it only counts uh, if you get Chase uh, Hero Box 2 and send it to him like three months early somehow. Dude, that was, that was, you know, that was a <laughs> defining moment in my free folk experiences. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. And, uh, yeah, um, so I think, like, kind of wrap up uh, this topic. I don't think all insignificant is really the way to go or all you know, in, you know, non-insignificant, I think somewhere kind of in the middle, you can even maybe if you want uh, one list to lean towards mostly insignificant, because, uh, you know, don't forget if you're playing any standard like tournament scene, you're going to have two list options, you know, maybe have one list be, you can even, I guess, do all insignificant or, you know, like almost all insignificant for one, and then make your other list just, you know, try to make a list that's going to cover your bases, whatever, you know, your list is going to be bad at or have difficulty with. One list to rule them all. (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry, guys. I'm still a little sick. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. Um, So, next up, we're going to go over a couple lists. Um, One uh, that I have here and one from... uh, Chase. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll start with mine, which is uh, run by Mance Raider Commander in a unit of trappers. Then we have four uh, stock uh, Free Folk Raiders. And then we have three Cave Dweller Savages, each with a Chosen of Stire. Oh. oh. And then we have Stire, NCU, and Egret, NCU. So we're looking at a 10 activation uh, list with only three points of three victory points. Uh, You're looking at as long as you uh, put Mance in the middle, it was uh, or kind of behind the behind the Raiders in the middle, and run the Raiders up the middle. You run the Savages on the sides, and you can get probably three uh, of your four Raiders within Mance's bubble, giving almost your entire army, the six-up morale, and then your savages will have their four-up on the flanks, so they won't need Mm -hmm. to stay within that uh, bubble. And you'll be able to try to 
with the Chosen of Steyr. Hmm. Uh, throw out all those weakened tokens to really, uh, you know, um, uh, weaken the blow of anything that your opponent's going to try to do. Um, right now, I think Chosen of Steyr is, like, their best attachment. Um, I don't know if I would spam Chosen of Steyr, because I know I've seen some raider lists where they have, like, eight raiders all with Chosen of Steyr. You're almost never going to need that many weakened tokens. Yeah. So I think, like, three is a good, solid number of, uh, you know, because they toss them out within long. Um, so you're going to be able to weaken most of their army every round. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, and you'll be able to have them kind of on the edges, so they're not going to be able to kind of focus on your savages, and your savages will be able to kind of go in for the kill once they get tied up from all your raiders. You still got two NCUs to, you know, get some tactics board uh, control there. Um, two very powerful three-point attachments, in my opinion. I think Steyr um, is definitely uh, a, can- a candidate for four points, uh, I would not be surprised if he gets changed to four. Oh, we're going to touch my we'll crutch? See. No, don't encourage that. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be, like, angry if they didn't. I think he's. No, it would make sense. He's, <laughs> I think he's right at that, like, you know, precipice, you know, that that threshold where I could see him being four points, but. Um, if he stays three, he's just he's probably like the best three point attachment and probably will be the best three point attachment out there. Um <laughs> and then uh Egret, um I think I don't know, I think she's she's not necessarily four points good, but she's a really good three point attachment. So they're usually like my go to's for uh NCUs. Um <clears throat> I think Mance, uh even though he kinda got his uh um nerf uh, with his tactics card, the Wildling Diplomacy. I don't know. I I always thought that the card should be that way. All right, not necessarily the card, but I always thought NCU should be allowed to just choose to do nothing. So, to me, the change isn't enough to make me not run Mance. That bubble for his morale is just so good, especially because I mean, Raiders are a staple. At least two of them are a staple. And the last thing you want, you know, if your opponent is running a ton of Vicious, then this list might not be for you. But in a two-list format, you just make your other list, you know, a different commander. Um, But if they're not running, if they're not like a Lannister Vicious or like a, a Bolton Vicious list, then, you know, run this. And you're turning that eight morale into a six, meaning now you're going from on average guaranteed to fail to on average guaranteed to pass. I mean it's still a dice game, but you know, on averages now you're turning you know, it's really in your favor. So um this is definitely uh something this is one of my go to's. Uh I love uh the savages. I mean, it is uh possible I could run the new uh Followers of Bone uh, in the place of the three savages, but then yeah. I'm losing out on that weekend. Um, and you have so much control weekend. with this list. I mean, there's well, so yeah, many tactics cards, predictable maneuvers. Morale. Yeah, and you got predictable <laughs> maneuvers and wilding diplomacy that can give out tokens. Your chosen a giving out tokens, and they've got such better morale. 
I mean, you're you've got a you're going to be able to lock down a lot of those enemy units and really like literally bog them down because they can't punch through as quickly. I mean, that's a really cool control style of play. Yeah, and I know as you know, we've mentioned this before on the show, but your morale is an extension of your your armor save. You know, it, the fact that like let's let's just bring up poor fellows. You know, the fact that poor fellows have a six up save. I mean, it's not a big deal. Uh, when you have a gar- almost a guaranteed pass morale, uh, knowing that you'll never or almost never take at more wounds than your opponent can throw dice is amazing. Um, especially if you can weaken them in return. Like, uh, who is it that has, is it guardsmen who have only like three attacks at one rank? Um, or, I mean, there's a bunch of other units. But, you know, if you only have three dice, you know, it's going to take you, what, four attacks if you hit with all three to kill a full uh, poor fellow unit. And that's if the, you know, if you hit with all three and they f- roll no sixes. Um, so you have to remember that your morale is an extension of your, your uh, defense, and it's definitely going to factor in how quickly your units are going to degrade. Yep, um, so that's kind of my uh, my go-to. Um Try it out if uh, if you find it interesting, and let me know uh, how it does for you. What about so you? I love uh, that you're Chase, running. What do you got for yeah. us? Uh, oh, yeah. Before we do that, I love that you're running that. Mance, and I think out there when that change came to Mance, a lot of people got really down on him uh, because of the change that if your NCU activates, it doesn't have. It can just activate and not claim a zone, which is a you know it does weaken wildling diplomacy. But you know I still think it, Mance still has control, and that NCU is doing nothing. And everyone, uh, not everyone, but there's a few people online that you see calling for, like, we hope Mance gets changed in the updates, Visions of the Flame. If they do change him anyway, it's just going to make your list stronger. So I really do think people should try this list out and give him a run. And if anything changes with him, you know, this just got more powerful. And if not, like, I still think this is a really good control list. Um, so yeah, the one I, mean, I was competitive. Oh, sorry. I was just going to add competitively, Mance is my favorite commander. Um, like a pickup game, Rattle Shirt is my favorite by far. <laughs> um, <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there in case, like, because I know yeah. like, sometimes I'll say one is my favorite and then I'll say another is my favorite. It's because, <laughs> excuse me, um, that's, always because, <laughs> that's because one is competitive and one is, like, more friendly. Um, but, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Chase. Uh, no problem. So the, the list I've got here is one that was actually shared with me by this German player, Michael Rumsbum, who's done really, really well with it. He's has got like a, basically like an 80% win rate with this list. And uh, he sat down and he was talking to me and I was talking about how I had sort of shifted and tried some more, like more heavily significant units. And uh, he's trying to talk me back to going back to sort of the swarm style and the way he runs this. And I've been having a lot of fun with this is that it's actually a base, of uh, six raiders. So you've got six raiders, and you're going to start deploying from the edges of the board inward on your table. One of those raiders has Harm of the Dog's Head in it, the attachment that gives you an order that lets you get a, uh, a free march maneuver after that unit moves, after that unit maneuvers, um, you know, sent out to another unit. Uh, then he takes two Cave Dweller Savages, uh, and one of those has the commander, the Weeper Horrific Butcher. And so you really want that cut them down from his uh, ability. 
and uh, the order horrific reputation, making your opponent have to re-roll any die for a panic test. So that's his order. So you've got your kind of battle forces there. And then, and I thought this was kind of wild at first. Uh, I've kind of moved away from it, but I'm having fun going back to it. He's got three NCUs, and he's spending a lot on them, especially considering free folk forces. So he's got Steyr, which is, I think, I'd include in, in any list you're running, unless you're running Commander Steyr. Uh, so he's got Steyr, the Iron-Fisted Tyrant. He's got Lady Val to get movement. And then he's got Mance Raider, the Artful Tactician. And so the idea is, You've got your forces up there. Oh, and I forgot, in one of the Cave Dweller Savages, you also have a Chosen of Stire. I think you're really on to something there. Cave Dwellers and Chosen of Stire are a great combination. And in this case, you can use that weakened token also to help proxy and trigger Mance Raider to shut off units that are really, really powerful. Um, Mance, you know, he's always a threat to your opponent if they're going to let you claim the, the missive or the tactics zone on the tactics board and drop out a token and his token. And if there's one more token you can scrape up somewhere, you can shut a unit's abilities off. So that's always threatening. And what I found has been really fun about this list is that you can really mess with people that are relying on the tactics board with your three NCUs. And if they have three NCUs as well, it kind of becomes a game of chicken here. And, and you know, honestly, the, the tactics board isn't always as impactful for you. So you're really just knocking off their chances to, to run the board. And then on the battlefield, you're really just focusing on having your two units of Cave Dweller Savages do all of your work. And so what you're trying to do is get both of them into one unit with cut them down. And then you can layer on other tactics cards where necessary. Um, things like uh, Reckless Slaughter. When and what's great about Reckless Slaughter as a tactics card is it, unlike a lot of other free folk cards that have conditions about charging in the flank or being part of a charge, this one just triggers off of making a melee attack. So it gives the attack roll plus three dice and vicious. And after this attack is completed, the attacker becomes vulnerable. So you could use it on your Cave Dweller Savages if you need to, but you can also really make a, raid, a, a Free Folk Raider unit do significant damage. You can get them up at nine dice with Vicious from an insignificant unit. That's pretty scary. If someone throws a weakened token on you and you've got to do damage to your Cave Dweller Savages, you can play, play Price of Failure and all attack dice results automatically hit for this attack. Screw that weakened token. Let's do it push through your damage, and the goal is just to take out key pieces of their army. So um, I've been running this maybe not that many times, like maybe three or four games now, just messing around with it. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and if you can get it down, you can be really successful, especially if you know your opponent's forces and you know where their key units are. Now, could you drop one of the NCUs and add another Cave Dweller Savage unit? That's tempting. Um, you know, I think your list of three Cave Dweller Savages, like that that's going to have to be able to take on a wide variety of forces and like come out. Okay. This one, if you make a mistake, you lose a Cape Dweller Savage and you don't have the ability to bring it back on. Not only do you give it a point, but you might have a little bit more difficulty doing work, but I think it's a really fun list to try. And if you haven't been doing sort of this sort of larger spam list, spamming units and spamming NCUs, um, maybe give it a shot. Nice. Yeah. yeah I, I like, think, uh, uh, to... Oh, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jose. Well, I just wanted to make a quick comment on um, Chase's list. Um, as far as having three NCUs, I, I, uh, when I play against real players, they usually have three NCUs. Um, I think just because you guys have a lot of cheaper options. So if someone brings someone else brings three NCUs, chances are they've spent more than you on the NCUs. Right. So I, I think it's a huge uh, advantage to free folk, and I think it's I, I think it's uh, really good to see. I mean that you've 
pointed that out because I think I think a lot of people should take three NCUs um, as free folk because like you're one, they're one of the only factions that can do it without breaking a sweat as far as points. Right. So I'm not gonna lie. There was a period where I tried running one NCU, and I even tried a few games with no NCUs. Uh, not not so great. I think two is a good spot for free folk. Three is fun because you're you know you're really it's you're you're losing a combat unit, but I uh, you know and losing you know two, even two three point units. I thought it's two units of raiders you could have had, but there are NCUs that you're competing with that are four or five point NCUs that need certain zones. And what you really do is you're really blocking that unit. You're fighting that unit yep. with a cheaper unit. Yeah, exactly. And, and to top it all off, I think that uh, Free Folk have some of the be- arguably some of the best NCUs. I mean, Free Folk, if you really like break it down, I think they've got a lot of ridiculous things. Like not only their NCUs, <laughs> some of their units are just like crazy. They say like don't compare across faction, but we got some really good stuff. It's just a matter of getting in the right spot <laughs> and like combining it. You know, it's like trying to get three of them together, but you know. Yep. So how do you feel about, um, uh, I know you said you've only gotten like three or four games with the list. Um, how do you feel about your list, uh, not having any trappers with so many, uh, yeah. Stark lists wanting to run three wolves. Yeah. So, uh, to be honest, my local meta, the wolves have almost dropped all off. Uh, there was a kind of like a ridiculous oh, yeah. panic about the uh, wolves. <laughs> and I think we maybe played into that a little bit. But, I, you know, it, uh, I think that got overblown for a bit. Uh, you know, I think the Night Watch, we still, you know, Jon Snow is still a thing. Um, to be honest, I only recently stopped running ra- uh, trappers. And I started using them as a, uh, like a mana battery for like Fen or something to follow them around and regroup and reform as necessary. Um, it is it is a loss uh, for sure, but I think in a lot of ways this list is got so many raiders you just don't care. You're spam. You're you're taking up a lot of real estate. Exactly. You can you can use Lady Val or uh, Harma to get your unit to pop forward and try and catch your opponent. Um, but you know honestly, that's the least of my concerns. Often I I feel like uh, free folk if you can get enough real estate on the board, you you really don't care. Yeah, it's hard for wolves to run away <laughs> if you have, yeah. you know, the entire board, you know, flooded with units. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a free point, right? It's a free victory point <laughs> that I want, but I'm really just like, I need to wipe out a unit early of yours and then maintain that activation advantage and just keep picking you off slowly. If I can get a wolf, that's great. But if I can get, you know, those cave dweller savages into something, I want to get both of them into something I know they can wipe out and drop you down an activation. Agreed. Um, so one thing uh, I'm going to go over with my list uh, that I kind of skipped over, um, just kind of like talk about maybe some of the weaknesses, you know, especially uh, if you're a player out there that's listening that's had trouble against free folk. Um, I would say if they're a mostly insignificant list with some victory points, do your absolute best to just hunt down those victory points. Um, like in both of our lists, I would say go after those savages. Um, unfortunately, because of you being out activated, you're probably not going to be able to know where the, you know, 
the savages are going to deploy because you're going to see a bunch of raiders drop first. Um, but just kind of don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like don't put all your good hard hitters on one side of the field. Put them in the position to be able to, you know, get to wherever they need to be if you need to go after the savages. Because the savages, even though they have that amazing morale, um, <clears throat> they do have a horrible armor save. So you're going to be able to, you know, take them out easy if you can get that charge in and then, you know, uh, get some good damage in, uh, then again, you'll have to, you know, be prepared that they're going to hit you pretty hard back when they start, uh, getting their, um, bonuses. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say go after the victory points whenever you can. Uh, if you're going after the Raiders and leaving the savages to do their job, uh, you're going to find it, you know, an uphill battle as, you know, they're killing you and getting victory points and you're not getting much of anything from them. My list uh, hinges around man staying alive. So if you can somehow uh, kill one Raider unit and, like, surge forth past the line protecting him into the trappers or, like, overrun even, that would be good. Um, If there's a small gap and you can, you know, you're willing to throw your unit of, like, a range unit up there to shoot in between the gap, uh, kind of like sacrifice it to shoot, you know, into Mance's unit or something, um, anything like that, because once he goes down and that bubble goes away, uh, the Raiders are going to be failing their panics left and right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, anything that heals tokens, you know, if I'm throwing out three weekends a turn, doesn't matter much if you're Catlin the money bag and taking away two, two of them every turn. Um, just stuff like that. Uh, so just try not to get bogged down by the insignificant whenever you can. Um, possibly even if you can kill like a couple ranks of the free folk raiders and then retreat from them, you know, as long as you're not giving up a, you know, an objective, if you retreat from them, then you can start moving on to other things. Cause what do they have? Like three attacks at one rank. I mean, they're going to be mm-hmm. doing almost nothing to you. Um, so, yeah, that's some of the tips I would give for uh, <clears throat> against my list. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think it's uh, great about list. I think yeah, and before we do that, I think a great thing about your list is those you can put out so many weakened tokens that you can even people can fall into the trap though of trying to get to Mance, and you just keep weakening them and and prevent them from doing that much damage. So, um, you know, there's you've got some other things built in there to help counter. But uh, I think one thing that uh, you know you really hit on the head is. Can you kill the significant units? That's what's really what it comes down to. And so sometimes you see these lists that are like double uh, Tully Sworn Shields, double uh, Tully Cavaliers. Um, you know, lances, uh, you know, great for that initial impact, but are you going to be able to finish off the unit? Are you going to have to worry about getting bogged down? Um, you know, if there's things like Styre that do D3 wounds, you know, don't underestimate the free folk. They can claw you down and they can get that damage where it needs to be. So sometimes it's just better to punch your way out. And so I often have a harder time with even units like Berserkers that I'm trying to finish off, but then they have enough that they can start to clean out entire units. Uh, you know, and that's where I get worried. The other thing is I oftentimes struggle with a good player who has good positioning that uses uh, ranged units. Um, and so if you can set it up so that I, you know, to get to you, I've got to go through a unit of guardsmen and crossbowmen you know, that, that starts to be a little bit more difficult and I've got to use more resources 
to get there. And you want to spend as many of the free folk players resources as possible early on things that are finite, getting rid of cards. Uh, if you're playing against a Harma, you want to be blocking the zone. So you can't just keep, uh, you know, fishing for her stuff. Um, but you know, do you have enough damage to push through? Because, you know, if they've got a Styre attached, a Styre NCU, um, you might think you're not going to take that much damage, but you're going to be, you're starting to get plunked away with D3 wounds, vicious attacks, um, flank attacks. Like we can actually swarm you and take you down. Um, and then the other thing yep. is if you're a good, a really good player, really think about how you're positioning your units. Um, I've had games where I've played Harma where I just steamrolled. And then I've had games where I've come against an opponent that has positioned their units so thoughtfully that it's really actually hard to get the flank attacks I need. Uh, and I've got so much real estate. I can wrap around behind you. I can get there, but you know, just carefully positioning so that I have to spend uh, maybe a turn positioning or I have to spend Lady Val to get somebody to move and use, you know, using additional tools that otherwise I could just charge in. So just really carefully forming your battle line so that your end pieces that are getting flanked maybe have more resilient units there. Um, you know, just think about how you're setting it up. That's why the, this Cave Dweller Savage list I was running, that's kind of the key thing that uh, Michael really turned me on to was that um, you don't really need the flank, right? If you have to cut them down with Vicious, you can hit somebody in the front and, and try and push that damage through still. Um, so you're trying to overcome the lack of maybe sometimes being able to get a flank charge that some of the other commanders really do need to do that damage. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, uh, don't take a stone thrower. That's the other free folk advice. <laughs> don't take it? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Oh, hit my, hit my guys with rocks. Like, I got ten more units. Oh, like, I got we could do this. You got six turns. Let's go. Yeah, that's, I find it funny that, like, the number one, like, anti-catapult uh, uh, is, like, the entire faction of free folk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, giants. Yeah, exactly. Can't target them. Right, giants. You can't target yeah. them. No oh, wonder that wall's oh, having so much horse. trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I do have uh, Ben on the chat here. Wanted to know from you, Chase. Said, what uh, are you bringing to Adepticon? Oh, well, unfortunately, I'm not going to Adepticon. Um, I think what my real plan is, and I, I hate to kind of reveal it on the air here, but I think I was going to start daily messages to uh, Brett and just start saying, you know, Brett, play free folk. <coughs> Brett, play, and then over time, that would just make him succumb to that. And then uh, that could be the free folk surrogate champion. I'm not even going to lie. That no. Work. It uh, will work? Oh, this is what I want to hear. No, but I would probably actually uh, run this list here. Um you know, I think as far as commanders go, I really do think that every commander works. I think Weeper is in a strong place right now. I think Harma is in a good place. I get a little bit worried about playing Harma into more skilled opponents uh, because I can just have a little bit more challenges there. Um, Sire as a commander, pretty good. I think with the skin changers, he's better. Um, Rattleshirt, you know, I have a lot of problems with him in a competitive scene because I feel like the fact that his attachments, his cards attach after you make your melee attack, and the free folk, once they get stuck in, they're really not that great. They have a lot of things that benefit off the charge, and we oftentimes need those rerolls. And a surprising number of our tactics cards, um, you know, require that sort of setup. Uh, so, you know, 
I think one of the things where Rattlesher really sold me on that was, you know, some of his cars are just off of a melee attack. It doesn't have to be off a charge or there's no other conditions in the flank. Um, so I think he is probably up there for me. I would be too scared to run Giants at this time. I would probably stick with Cave Dwellers. And I think your list with three Cave Dwellers with all those weekend tokens, that has the nu- enough damage that it can put out serious work and you have choices, plus one to hit, Vicious, uh, Sundering. You've got tools. And with all those weakened tokens, if there was some sort of surprise list, um, I feel like that would be a great one to drop into it because you can handle a lot of things. Well, especially if they're like an elite list with only like four units. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, You're looking at, uh, you know, three of the four units every round. Oh, right. All weekend. And if you're, ta- you, you know, if you're taking the mail, um, you're, you could weaken the fourth one. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, and it's not even. It could even be there's one one crazy unit, and you activate, put a weakened token on it. It activates, and then you put another weakened token on it with another unit, just just to be safe, you know. Um, yep. I don't know. Chosen Aspire are are up there, and the fact that we can have now skin changers additional attachments in our our units, like we can have two attachments, it's it's crazy. Gotcha. Um, so, Ben was saying that you need to go to Adepticon because Ben is going to Adepticon. He's coming all the way from Singapore. Oh, man. So, I'll have to think about this. There's been a lot on. of people talking about that. I guess that's got to be the place to be. I was trying to see if maybe CMON Expo might be a thing, but maybe maybe we should just make Adepticon be our, uh, where everyone shows up because that will be, you know, that is going to be the biggest the Song of Ice and Fire event, it sounds. By far. Oh, definitely. And then uh, if you need a place to crash, I'm not far oh. from there. So Wait, are you guys doing is there money. a team is there a team event at Adepticon? There is, and me and Ben are teaming it up. Oh my gosh. Oh man, it's a very interesting situation <laughs> here. Hmm. Uh, Brett's been yeah, whispering right uh, here about team combinations and I'm I'm uh yeah, it's very interesting. Guess what our combo of the year is? What's it gonna be? Roos, Mel, Cersei. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> Although, I don't know. I think uh, – we see what people come up with. I think the team format is so cool. I hope I hope Simon uh, does um, something either official or really kind of supports more of that because I think that's another really cool way to play the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, we did it at uh, Indy um, for the Adepticon yeah. Primer. And it was awesome. Me and Justin played, uh, I played Starks, he played Baratheons. And a lot of people's complaints oh. with Baratheons is the fact that the triggers are all the same. Well, when yeah. you only have half your deck combined with half of Starks, it was oh crazy. Oh, my Like, God. we were just flying through everything. It was, like, all these free attacks, all these free, like, <laughs> like countercharging with Berserkers. Awesome, you know. I'm going to start looking so, around and see if I can get in on some team games soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they're increasing a bunch of the uh, event uh, sizes and increasing uh, some more or making some more events. So if you can uh, make it work. Now's I think, the time. Uh, yep. So, but, uh, all right. I think we're going to kind of, <laughs> sorry, guys, I'm, Kind of having the fits here with my uh, cough all of a sudden. Um, 
So I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, I want to, uh, you know, we've hit our 150 likes. Uh, we're going to do a raffle probably in the next day or two. Once people have gotten a chance to listen to the recording, if you didn't get to listen to this live, that way uh, you can expect the um, raffle to be coming in. Uh, we'll probably do a post. Uh, everyone that comments um, will be uh, submitted in. And, um, you know, the winner will get a unit box. Uh, as long as you're within the U.S., shipping's on us. If you're not, uh, we just ask that you uh, kind of meet us halfway with that. Um, and then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And then thanks again for coming on, Chase. Uh, it was awesome having you. Um, you know, you have a lot of insight, you know, especially with your oh, like geez. extra three months of Hero Box One oh, my experience God. that none of us else have. <laughs> well, You're I the love this show. Of Hero Box One. And I'm so excited that I got to come on. Um, so, you know, just a quick interrupt here, but, um, you know, you have been a huge supporter of the Song of West of our community for forever. Uh, when I first started out, you know, right when the Kickstarter came out, you were one of those people that was like helping support me and encouraging me to get going. So I'm so glad you guys have this going. You know, you've, you, you've supported me physically by sending me a hero boxes, and, but, you know, just in many, many ways. So I'm so glad you guys are doing this and I love this format. So I'm looking forward to a lot more of these shows. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, I was finally able to, like, <clears throat> get, you know, something together finally. Because I know, like, when you first started, you know, I was contacting you and, like, I want to start up a YouTube channel. But, yeah, you know, I'm so busy and I don't have the time to do it. And, you know, I remembered because uh, I used to do a radio show like this for uh, a card game that I used to play. And it just came to me one day. I'm like, why don't I just do, you know, this for Ice and Fire? Yeah. So, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank, uh, you know, thank every one of you guys that are listening in, um, the, everyone in the chat, everyone listening live. And then even those of you that couldn't make, uh, to the live that are listening in, uh, you know, to the recording, we are on iTunes. We're on, uh, you can come to this site, which is blog talk radio, uh, and we're on tune in. Uh, all of those will have the recordings um, for those that can't listen to it live. So we do ha we are basically a podcast, but we have the added benefit of you being able to listen to us live and come on the show. Um, you know, anytime you guys want to, you know, just come on the show, call in, and you guys can talk to any one of us. Um, and I'll have you on. You can kind of give your input, weigh in, uh, just like any of our other guests. <clears throat> so. Remember to share and like uh, the show. That's definitely the best thing that's going to help us out. I know I had a bunch of people contact me about uh, starting a Patreon, and it's definitely going to be in the works, but you know, I didn't want to start it right off the bat. I wanted to definitely get the show going um, before we start asking you know, for people to support us in that way. I'd much rather you guys just, you know, if you know, you're looking to give us five, ten bucks a month, if instead of that, if you want to just, you know, just throw our name out there, like, constantly and just, you know, try to push our content that way, that'll do so much for us in the future. And then maybe when we start up a Patreon and then if you want to contribute that way, you know, we'd, <clears throat> we'd be uh, more 
and appreciative of anything you guys do. Um, we're just so thankful that you guys are here and even listening to us. Um, and, you know, all everything you do shows your support for us. So, again, thank you so much, uh, Chase, for coming on. And thank you all for listening in. This is the Small Council, and it is dismissed. <laughs>